0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 101 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week I am joined by an absolutely iconic actress. Please welcome to the podcast, Katie Griffiths. Drama School
1: Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Course, now
0: try something new, try Welcome to the podcast. How are we?
1: Hello, I'm uh, very well, thank you. How On this you?
0: fine Wednesday, it's it's afternoon now. It's afternoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, flies by, flies by.
0: Oh, genuine. Like, I've just got myself, like I can quite confidently say that I'm now an adult and have a regular sleeping pattern. And I've been getting <laughs> up early in the m- and it's kind of like killing me, not going to lie.
1: Slowly but surely. Yeah, I- yeah.
0: I'm missing staying up till five o'clock in the morning. Can't lie to you. Like,
1: I really, I used to be able to. And I don't know, I, it makes me sound old, but. I don't know. I Yeah, once or twice, every now and again for a special occasion. But I'm absolutely rubbish the next day. So I know that I just, I need that sleep. I need those eight hours. It's not like my partner, he he can function on such little sleep <laughs> with me.
0: Oh, no, I'm at five o'clock. If I stay up till five, I'm not getting up at nine in the morning. Oh, right. That. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm sleeping through the day. But oh. how are we? Because we're sort of in this really weird sort of middle ground of still being in a pandemic but also not being in a pandemic and Mm. actors it kind of we rely on being able to be places in person so how's life
1: wow I mean yeah it's a it's a it's a big question isn't it I think the reality is I think we're still fathoming what it is what things everything life work life <laughs> culture, whatever it is is moving moving forward. I think we're still fathoming what mm. that looks like. I think well personally for an actor it is it's it's a really interesting time i I'm hearing obviously there's so much in the pipeline the pandemic gave uh, so many writers I think an opportunity to really sit down and kind of focus on the sorts of things that they really want to write and not
0: me being one of those.
1: I, well there you go there you go and it's I think it's fantastic actually from that perspective I think it it gave everybody they could take their foot off the gas whatever their day-to-day job was and you know for some people not for all people but for yeah. some people, it was manic but um yeah I I know quite a few writers who who have sort of really honed in on what they wanted to write and and were excited by and were inspired you know in yeah. that moment and, and and wrote what they wanted to write yeah
0: I always pick make people pick make people feel very uncomfortable when I say that I am forever grateful that the pandemic happened right and everyone yeah. just goes a bit like what do you mean yeah like I'm not I'll always be super aware of the devastation that it caused and I'll always be like I had elderly grandparents I was shitting myself the entire time of course uh yeah like, you never know what's going to happen but like I dropped out of uni right like three weeks before the pandemic and didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Me and my friend decided to write this play and we had absolutely no time. Like society pressures were getting to me of like, I've got to get a job Mm -hmm. now. I'm not at uni. Mm -hmm, She was working a full time nine to five office job. And then she works at a bar after that office job. So she's like, we had no time. And then lockdown happened and suddenly we had all of the time in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it was an interesting one, and I think obviously there were some people that were that felt more like I'm trapped, trapped in my house, and I can't. Yeah you know, like, I just want to get out there. And then there were other people that were just like, I loved it. I loved being at home. Just, you know, my family life was so much richer and and lovelier for it Mm -hmm. then. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because I think that I know lots of people and including myself, there were things that kind of came through the pandemic that served in a in a positive way
0: yeah, um
1: yeah. especially to, to do with work but I mean from an acting perspective it's it, that was you know not Horrible. not really the case no <laughs> no it was very much a case of we just everything stopped um yeah. and uh, and it was not it was not enjoyable. Like,
0: like I didn't start this podcast until we were just coming out like December 2020 so it was like we were just sort of we were allowed out you know yeah the amount of people I'm like kind of like I could go another one the amount of people that are like had you tried to do this six months earlier we would have had the time to come on sure one of those being Leonardo DiCaprio what oh my god if you had messaged during the lockdown while he was sat at home we could have made it happen oh no well so so I'm like Boris Boris um want to put us back into lockdown Um, No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We don't want to go back into lockdown. What I do like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? And we just, doesn't have to be a professional one. We love a good nativity story.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I, I was sort of dancing from a really young age and I went to the Yorkshire School of Performing Arts, which is, it's not a school school. Uh, It's more of a, you know, it's a comes after school. so it's not study, uh, really, but um, yeah, I was doing dance classes from really, really young. And I, theatre, I would say, has been my, you know, my pretty much number one passion, really. I love musical theatre and singing and dancing and that sort of thing. And then the principal, Valerie Jackson, uh, said one day, do you want to start auditioning for telly? And I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go um at the time i kind of was just so focused on on musical theater and i, I didn't have yeah. on my mind to to get into tv um but then yeah, she started putting me up for auditions and i think it was probably about 4 or 5 5 months later that i i started auditioning for for to do road and i did four auditions and um and got the role
0: so Biggest flex in the world. That
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was great. I mean, prior to that, I had, as I say, we were doing lots of uh shows. We did yeah. musicals at the Alhambra in Bradford, which I loved and was just uh, a privilege to be. You haven't awesome. got a
0: massive Northern accent, though. No,
1: I. So I know I'm originally from Essex, and I moved to Yorkshire when I was ten. So I kind of have a yeah. It's not a, a nondescript. People tell me. I'm S- as
0: me I get it all because I live in Glasgow but grew up in Newcastle and then my mum's from Clapham in London my dad's a Geordie my little sister yeah we went to the exact same schools all through our life she is the most Glaswegian you will ever hear and Mm. then everybody that I talk to like where are you from (laughs) we we (laughs) can't quite get it We we can't quite picture it and I'm just like I tell people Durham but I'm like, this is not a Durham accent.
1: I wouldn't have placed you northern, actually. No, no. No, yeah, I
0: literally grew up like talking about musicals. I grew up five miles away from where they filmed Billy Elliot.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, definitely.
0: So, proper northeast.
1: Proper northeast. Yeah. Gosh. And Prop- no, I wouldn't have guessed it.
0: I'm going back next next month. Are we in September? No, we're still in August. I'm going back next month to, to go to the theater. August, actually, yeah, yeah I, I know. It. It's like I feel like this year's gone so quickly, but also so slowly.
1: Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, I know because some weeks fly by, and then you're pretty much like, "Oh wow, how did we get to August?" But then I think the summer's gone quite nicely. Actually, I haven't. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've I just watched it. Love
0: Island. Not gonna lie. <laughs>
1: I just, I yeah. So I've never ever watched Love Island,
0: and I'm feeling like,
1: I've I've, people talk about it, and I'm like, I I don't know anything about this. I'm 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 lost.
0: I I just use it to fill an hour of my time. I love it, right? And the Twitter, like, I watch it to get involved on Twitter.
1: Okay, so the banter. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's ten times better than the actual program.
1: Okay. Ah, right. Okay.
0: But like, yeah, like it is. It's just a bit mental, like how fast it's gone, because I've like graduated this year I've had my directorial debut and then it was like my mate was like in what what, I'm trying to do maths in like January yeah I'm having a baby and now his baby's due next month and I'm like the fuck like all my mates I had this really like this life like changing moment the other day I don't know if it's a life-changing moment but I just can't think of the right words my mates text me and was like we're gonna have a drink do you want to have a drink like in the back garden I went round and I like sat there and I was like he's got a baby, he's got a baby, he's got Mm. a baby on the way, he's single, so he's fine, and I never want children. And it was just sort of like three years ago, we were all like getting drunk at parties on nights, and like now all of us have got kids. What the fuck has happened?
1: It's It's a weird one. I know. I know, and I think it is quite, I don't know, it depends really, but a few of my friends have, you know, started to have family as well. Uh, and I, I know loads of people like people my age as well that already have families anyway. And it's really nice, but I actually think I actually think we've got a good enough like group of friends now that are totally still up for. <laughs> in the nicest most responsible <laughs> way just sort of being like do you know what absolutely come over we're gonna have a barbecue we're just you know we'll just let our yeah. hair down a little bit and we'll still have fun but obviously in a more like sort of a more responsible uh uh manner of course but you know it's still nice to be able to to hang out with those people and not have it so like your life is completely different now so we'll see you later we'll see <laughs> you when. You're, you well
0: know, it was like pandemic we were all like getting drunk in an irresponsible manner mm, mm. and that day was the first time we'd all got together for a while and I'm sat there like this is a bit mad did you do zooms did you do party- no we all live right next to each other so mm. like we didn't break the rules but we bubbled up
1: right okay so
0: like me and my best mate sat Jamming. together the whole lot. because i live on my own my mom lives down in um chichester my dad lives in newcastle mm. so i was sat on my own and i was like my best mate lives across the road like literally can be at his before i can be at the nearest bus stop and That's i was clear. like should we just like download disney plus and make our way through their entire catalog disney
1: plus is quite frankly a lifesaver
0: I want to know how much money they there that first week that it came out because they launched on the 18th mm-hmm. and we'd just gone into lockdown I want to know I I want the numbers I mean,
1: if anyone was paying for that Mulan which was I think 30 pounds or something like that I was like not on your Nelly no but, you know I'd say that I eventually did and really enjoyed it
0: <laughs> I still haven't watched it I was like nope out of spite I'm not giving you my money The sold-out five-star player is returning to Webster's Theatre This is where we get off by Ingram Noble and Heather Spiden follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? Make sure to get your tickets from the link in the show notes below to see this is where we get off at the Webster's Theatre on the 11th of February, 2023. Um, did you go to drama school? Because I couldn't find um, if you did, like, did you go and study it, like, not?
1: No, I didn't. I. Um, that was, for me, after the first season of Horsley Road, that was always on the cards for me. I, I had yeah. it in my brain. I thought, I need to go to, well, not necessarily, need and wanted very yeah. much to to train and uh be amongst other people that wanted to do the same thing um yeah so I and I auditioned and I got into uh two different drama schools and was just really gassed and then literally the week that I f- I think it was the week before um I found out that I got into drama school we got re- recommissioned for season two of Wall Street Road so then I had this big decision of being like do I stop and train or do I carry on and take the work?
0: So you just were like, I'm going to be a working girl. No, not a working girl. That's terrible. (laughs) It's
1: the same thing.
0: (laughs) But do you know what? Like, I feel like that was the right decision to make because having gone through drama school, like, and having spoke to like hundred and odd plus actors now on the podcast, I feel like everybody has come to the same consensus of, well, you learn more on your first week of the job anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, that was what was, that was what they said to me. Really, I had the same. Where did you go then? Where did you train?
0: So I initially went to a university very, very close to no, no, it's not actually. It was in Edinburgh. I'm not going to say where it is because I had a shit experience, and they don't deserve airtime. Yeah. Um, and then I dropped out, and I really didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do after the pandemic. And I applied for two places. I applied for the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. I didn't get in I got Mm -hmm. to like the fifth round and then I applied as a backup to a college near me Mm. that offered a degree and there was like such a snobbery in my mind when I got in I was like I've gone from a really prestigious drama school in Edinburgh Mm. which you can probably figure out Um, and Mm. now I'm going to a college and it was like do I do I really want to do this do I just take another year out and like figure out what I want to do and work on my auditions for next year and Honestly, Mm. I'm so glad that I ended up there.
1: Really? Like, so good.
0: Mm. Like, we had these, I think, because now, because a lot of people actually ask me for advice about going to drama school, because I fucked it up once. They're all Mm. like, let's not replicate what he did. Mm. And I I tell people now, my biggest tip is figure out where's right for you. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. don't just fill up your UCAS options because you're paying for five. Like, I paid for five and only used two. Don't. And I think the good thing about New College Lanarkshire was all of the lecturers were still actively working in the industry.
1: Right. Okay. So, yeah. So they they weren't
0: just academics. academics. Like one of our lecturers came in one day and was like, I'm away for three weeks on tour. And we were like, cool. See see you later. But I think that they understand more than an academic what it means to work in this industry. and. I don't know it was it was so beneficial and like I I agree the stuff that they did like we had a whole module where just random people would come in and do mock auditions
1: what you've said from having people that are trained to actually train others as well as living out the job I think to myself that takes a special sort of person to me yeah because it means you're I don't know. You can can be completely submerged in in your art and your your world and your professional job as um, if you're an actor or a singer or whatever they were doing, but at the same time, you're like very very open and of a mindset that no, I want to continue working with other people. This isn't just yeah. this isn't just about me. And it also shows their level of passion and compassion because
0: yeah, hundred percent
1: that yeah that level of knowledge and when you're already working in the industry it's it's so important to anyone that's starting out because i mean you people ask the question how do you get into it there's a million and one ways you can <laughs> there's get into. not a way there, there is exactly there's no way there's no one specific way but if you come with all that knowledge and you're able to give young people or younger people that that you know knowledge that you already have and that those expertise and that life experience it's it's so invaluable so but- I was like, great place.
0: The whole thing for me was the contacts that we received. Mm. Like, we had a, a mock audition with the artistic director of Bard and the Botanic. Like, who, as an unknown actor that has no professional credits, can get in the room with the artistic director of Scotland's largest Shakespeare rep company?
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty. Like,
0: how can you get in the room if you don't know? these people and and like and
1: that's the industry isn't it it is a lot of you know people are you know we're sort of going over old ground but it is like who you know rather than what you know in in so many different ways yeah yeah
0: a hundred percent and I feel like even like that's what I tell everyone make as many connections as you possibly can go to the Mm -hmm. theater even if you think the show's shit stay back talk to the director talk to the cast Mm -hmm. make yourself like known
1: definitely because
0: If they don't know you're there, they can't use you. Like every show that I go to now, regardless of my opinion of the show, I make sure to either stay back and talk to people, or if I can't stay back for whatever reason, they're getting an email off me the next day.
1: Yeah, you sound like you're very, you're really proactive in that sense. I'm
0: really not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I really wasn't when I was, I guess when I was first starting out, I wouldn't say I was like that at all. I was actually quite... I think I was quite reserved in, yeah. in just, I think, sort of so focused on doing the best job I could that I, in terms of making connections and that sort of thing and networking, I my mind was not there yeah. <laughs> to begin with. I would just hang out and say hi and, you know, Try and sort of be on set and be present and do my job and chat to people for sure. And it's in my nature, I'm a very friendly person. But people saying, Oh, you need to go to this party or you should go and see that person. Or I mean, plays were different, going to the theater was different. But in terms of, you know, making connections and going to events and things like that, I was a bit sort of no, just backward, just like, No, no, I'm fine. I'll just, you know, sit out or something like that. Whereas as I've got older, I definitely feel. I mean, there's you don't have to go to these things just to make connections, but it's definitely worth. There's going to the theater, like you say, is so important, and if you can have contact with the people that have made what a production you just you just seen, then definitely start a dialogue with them because.
0: And it's also not a it's not a difficult dialogue to have because I think Absolutely. at the beginning I was like, oh, what do I say to this person? Literally, just talk about your thoughts and feelings about what you've if they've made what you've just seen. Yeah. talk to them about it like you don't have to be like I would really like a job please
1: yeah oh god yeah no no it doesn't have to be from that perspective I think if it's... you get on and they like you and then they might be interested in seeing of your stuff then something will come organically in mm-hmm. that form um, 100%
0: yeah.
1: I think as our community one thing that I do love about <laughs> going very wide now the thing I love about our country is uh the acting community is as much as there's so many actors now, it is relatively intimate community. And yeah. um, it's, you know, like- the Everyone
0: US. knows everyone.
1: Absolutely. And if not directly by indirectly through one other person. Yeah. Which kind of lends to that kind of almost supportive element. Like we do definitely all need to support one another. Like this is an incredibly difficult mm. industry. And just like you say, that even that that director, he's just had a job, he's just finished something. Then you're talking to him about it. He might not know what he's going on to next. So the fact that you've even taken the time to say, "Really enjoyed that," or engage in that conversation about what he's just spent months working on, it's gonna resonate. And internally, it's support. It is supportive.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think you're
1: right. You encouraging that kind of outreach is really important because it's very easy to sort of go oh no, you know, I'll just go and watch it and then go home. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. The
0: other thing that I always tell people is if you don't like a piece of theatre or something that you've seen, do not talk about it at the venue or even on the train home because you do not know who is listening.
1: Oh yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Like
0: have a private, like I've seen some, like we're in the middle of the fringe. I've seen some dog shit there
1: yeah Mm. and me
0: and my friend are like looking at each other and I just go we'll talk about it when we get home
1: yeah yeah well that's really yeah that's really mindful of you
0: because I also think that there's there's a narrative to have to talking about something that's shit because Mm. you talk about it in as long as you're not doing it in a way where it's it's just shit Mm. like if you can talk about it and have like reasoning behind it It's a good conversation to have with your friend, but these people have spent months working on it. Mm. Don't sit and slag it off while their mum's sitting behind you in the audience. Mm. A question that I do love to ask everybody that comes on the podcast, and it's something that absolutely fuels my life, are crazy or funny stories from either drama school classes or sets. Do you have a crazy or funny story?
1: I mean, working. I think with working with Adam Thomas full stop is just the funniest. <laughs> yeah, he's just it just makes me laugh pretty much consistently all day. And mm. um, um, he's got such energy about him where it's yeah. So every day on set is 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 fun. It's funny. Um, but I think I think a story that I sort of think back on ages ago. It's actually it's quite. It was quite a horrific incident, but actually we were, it was my first series. So Waterloo Road was my first professional job, as I yeah. say. And um, I think it was, yeah, season one, episode three or something. I, I can't fully recall, but I had to, I was having a very heated debate with uh, Lauren Drummond and Jill Halfpenny, who obviously played Izzy and Mika. And I had to pick up a mobile phone from Jill's hand and I had to throw it um, off camera. And we rehearsed it countless times. And the, bless them, the the crew were holding up this huge black piece of material so that when it hit the floor, they would basically cushion the sound. So it wouldn't go over the dialogue. Um, But we, we had a wonderful, wonderful sound department and I forget his name, but one of the people that worked for sound was he was holding the boom and we'd rehearsed this sort of move as it were, maybe six, seven times. Each time I hit the curtain or the piece of material perfectly, no sound, no nothing. So, but this, uh, obviously, you know, we shout action and we do the thing for real. And I pick up the phone and I threw it with the most force I think I'd ever thrown it. And it managed to get him right in the face. Oh, wow. And, And I was absolutely to the point of, I was just absolutely shocked completely. And I thought, oh my God. And there was just... There was, this, you know, when you get a tiny little gash on it. He had a, like a small gash on his head, but there was so much blood, <laughs> so much blood. And I'm laughing now. It was horrific, but the best thing about it was he got up and he came over and he put his arm around me and he said, "It's absolutely fine. Don't worry. It doesn't eat you and doesn't even hurt." He said, "I'm just off to of the hospital now." <laughs> I'm just off to the
0: hospital. It doesn't hurt.
1: And I didn't hear a word afterwards. And I kept asking the producer, I said, is he okay? Is he okay? And he was back to work the next day with stitches in his head. And I just thought you trooper, but I felt-
0: <laughs> Just horrible. a mild concussion.
1: It was just, yeah, it was just a mild con- Nothing, nothing serious. Just a gash on his Cause head. Cause mobile phones
0: <laughs> like back then they weren't- Like a brick, tiniest-
1: like a small brick. A Nokia's yeah, yeah, yeah. N64. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah but I mean just luckily enough it didn't hit anything it was just it was just this small you know it hit his head but then it was this caused this massive reaction and all I saw was just you know he fell to the floor it was very dramatic it was terrible terrible but he was an absolute trooper and uh, and and just was at work the next day and came to me and said it's absolutely fine don't worry so I felt terrible I'm but, just yeah, off um, to the
0: hospital again
1: I'm just yeah I just gotta go for my checkup my <laughs> mild concussion mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> when did you find out what Lou Road was coming back because I found out before everyone else because somebody spilled the beans on the podcast and I was like no you're a fucking liar it's not coming back
1: really oh you're yeah oh god
0: I, I won't I won't yeah. tell anyone who it was but it it, it wasn't even somebody <laughs> who had been on you're Morton not going to the
1: expose road. them live on air
0: no, yeah and I didn't know how she knew and I was like you're oh, a fucking she liar
1: she sounds like she's the one in the know um good for her I mean I found out sort of maybe November last year oh I,
0: I, I found, was- found out well before you then <laughs> I, I found out in it was the summer of last year.
1: Well, they, well, I, I, this is not the first time I've been the you know nearly the last to know about anything. So. And
0: do you know what? I kept that so I didn't tell. I took it out of the episode. I didn't tell anyone because I was like, no, that's a lie. That and I don't want to look like an idiot.
1: Well, you've also got very high morals by the sounds of it. So oh, um... I take out
0: lots of stuff that like people say. Like if I if I wanted to be a dick.
1: Yeah, you mm-hmm. you would have the. Uh the uh, ammunition to just take even the way
0: people talk about COVID I'm like I'm not gonna put that in because that could possibly get you not into trouble but people would probably try and cancel you for that
1: like controversial oh yeah oh really oh, okay. yeah there's
0: one episode that we spent a good 20 minutes arguing about it and it's not out yet and I still don't know how I'm gonna approach it
1: edit around that mm. Mm. I think yeah I found out in in yeah I think it was November and I had a lovely meeting with a couple of producers um and god yeah i mean it was just very exciting and i was i had no idea throughout the pandemic how successful it had been on my player yeah. not a iota of a clue and it was when they sort of said oh you know how well it had performed and and also the exciting thing of it, finding this new audience you know with young people and then somebody came up to me in the street and i think that this Girls, she must have been maybe 10 and she said are you are you Chloe from Waterloo Road and I thought I'm not sure if you were even born when we were on TV it's just it was mind-blowing honestly and just hearing you know that they were going to bring it back it just all was it was incredibly exciting it was slightly overwhelming but also just wonderful it was just such a lovely lovely feeling.
0: Were you on board to return right from the beginning or was there a bit of you that was like I don't know if I want to do this?
1: No I think I was I was very excited and also just really happy to hear how much people had embraced the characters mm-hmm. um, again. And Adam and I were saying, you know, do you have any idea how how much people enjoyed the show? We were like, well, we knew at the time when it was, when it was on, we knew that people were talking about it and that yeah. it was successful and that people really enjoyed it. But we, had, we didn't know that it's kind of got this new lease of life, not a clue. Um, but yeah, I think to be honest, it took very little convincing. Yeah. I very little. I I'm saying.
0: very twisted.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So.
0: I, I'm I'm quite excited because obviously some pictures have leaked on, and I know you can't tell us. Apart from the entire storyline, you can't mm-hmm. tell us anything really. Mm-hmm. But there's like pictures of the school sign where I imagine we're not beginning as Waterloo Road, and it's gonna be. A mer- I know you can't tell us, so we'll 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 skip past that. Are
1: very very <laughs> sealed. <laughs> But uh, is there anything <laughs>
0: that you can tell us about the new series?
1: Um, I can tell you a very, very limited amount. That but you're back. <laughs> that, I, that I'm in, yes, I'm back. Um, that we obviously have moved into a new a new age for Waterloo Road. Um, not in Scotland yeah. anymore. We're not, no. No, geographically it's changed, Yet. Yeah. Mm. Um so yes, yeah, so there are some changes. There are some fantastic, fantastic new characters that are getting. Oh, to I'm be so new. excited!
0: Some of the actors that are in it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I mean just the just the atmosphere that's that's on set with the new the new team, as it were, mm. that are really kind of taking the reins, and it's 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 just very very exciting. But I think people know, you know, me and Adam and and, and Angela are. Are returning and um but it's it's very much it's a new a new dawn a new a new era and it is it is really exciting and I think people are going to love
0: it I think the first scene should be like somebody waking up from a fever dream that Scotland never happened and that <laughs> that Tom's still there and Grantly's still there like none of them oh. died oh, like no. that's Thank what you. I think should happen we should still have Tom we should still and do you know what if it's a fever dream we could bring Izzy back
1: Oh no, yeah, you go really, really far back. Like Chloe's yeah. just hallucinating me. And yeah, her. I mean it never happened. Camilla
0: Powers still there. She didn't die. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Um, are you allowed to tell us what your character's job is?
1: I cannot.
0: Right, okay. Because I'm wondering, is she um and obviously you do not have to say anything? And for anybody that's listening, she's not saying anything. Wonder if she's followed in her mum's footsteps and she's an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: <laughs> um,
0: no because there's lots of questions that i mean that everybody will want the answers to but i'm not going to press you for because like it does your daughter is your because would your daughter be old enough to be in
1: she i mean she she may well be yes chloe is definitely a mum. she's um she is a mum too. that to was a, a very a traumatic woman. scene yeah yeah um and uh yeah we will learn definitely lots more about her daughter Mm. Izzy it's going to be um I think she's going to be a phenomenal new character that people are going to really really enjoy Mm. her journey have we got
0: a release date
1: I don't think so I heard November say don't ask me for those (laughs) I don't know a thing
0: (laughs) so obviously Waterloo Road's been a massive massive part of your life did you Mm. nick anything from set the first time as a memento Mm
1: loads gosh I mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you get people that are like no I didn't steal anything oh
1: don't leave me don't leave me on a set anywhere I'll just go home with random stuff and props will be like (laughs) pivotal to the next scene and I'm like oh whoops
0: that's Um, the sign from outside of the school yeah yeah (laughs)
1: why did you have to take it off it's injured uh no I was I would just steal kind of I say steal I would sort of love little like in the staff in the staff room little mugs that have the Waterloo Road emblem on them. Mm. I'd just pick one of those up and just school ties. Now mine, you know, I'll just use that. Um, Katie's mug. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, um, little bits, little bits. I don't know, weird little bits of costume. There were a couple of bits of jewellery that. I mean, she was a bit. She's a bit of a glam she's a glam girl so I kind of loved all those sorts of crazy has
0: she turned into a glam woman
1: she yeah she's 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 trying to you know she's a a yummy mummy you know she's trying to trying to keep you know keep up with the trends as well I think she does I think she does quite well yeah yeah
0: (laughs) do you have a favorite moment from Waterloo Road and I know you can't tell us anything about the new stuff so like back like do you have a favorite just like if in 20 years time I said to you oh you were on Waterloo Road what was the your favorite moment from the entire
1: oh god I don't think there's one but um I think the Waterloo Road makeup room at this when we first started I, as a as a, a young actor who had never done any professional tv I remember come turning up to work at 6 a.m my first day with like maybe 10 scenes to shoot that day or maybe a bit less, but, and I was obviously quite nervous. I was quite overwhelmed and I was meeting, you know, seasoned actors, you know, Jason Merrill's Jamie Glover, Jill Halfpenny, Denise Welsh, Angela Griffin. And they were all, they couldn't have. I forgot
0: Denise Welsh was in it.
1: Yeah. Oh, she's great. She's great. She's the funniest woman. She's Denise. If you do a scene with Denise, she will, she will make the most inappropriate dirty joke just before they show action and you've kind of you're in the zone you've just you're going through your lines in your head and she'll crack a joke and you'll that's it like you know mm-hmm. the whole thing falls to pieces um no she's yeah, great I
0: totally forgot great. she was a, she was the French teacher yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah she no. was. but it was just... I feel like
0: everybody's been in Waterloo Road at one point or another
1: yeah 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 no it has I mean it's like a massive ensemble isn't it mm. and, yeah, lots of, lots of really amazing guest artists have been on as well. And, you know, I remember the first season when we had Jack O'Connell was in there. Mm. And I knew actually he was just very, very intent on doing the best job possible. It was really lovely watching him work. Uh, and obviously he was really young starting out as well, um, of which we were all in the same boat. You know, none yeah. of us really knew how the, how the first or second season was going to go. It's all kind of very touch and go, I think, at the start. 25 then- seasons later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A million years later, um, and it comes back. But um, yeah, I don't think I have one one memory. It was just, it was just being kind of welcomed uh, and, and and sort of having older actors being very supportive and just very lovely when you first.
0: Because you don't out. find that often. Often, a lot of people are like, "These are mm. my secrets, the mine. You can't mm. have them." Yeah, but I, I feel like it is changing a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, sometimes I think people kind of want to keep themselves to themselves and that's also wonderful and it's also lovely Absolutely fine. they're doing their job. Um, at the end of the day, that's what you are there to do. But mm. I think the nature of the show is it's such an ensemble piece and there's no, there's no real specific lead. I mean, the headmaster or headmistress is obviously the bigger character, but it, yeah. it does give the sense of this is an ensemble and everybody sort of respects one another and Mm. respects each other's sort of lane. And, and, um, but yeah, it was just a lovely feeling to start, start your career like that. I'm
0: going to play a game now. And this game is my favorite game. In the world it's called stage right or stage shite there's three stories two mm-hmm. of them are the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and have been submitted by listeners and mm-hmm. one is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer hev i've got the answer in a sealed envelope because i will not play this game unless i can play along um and they're <laughs> crazy drama industry related stories mm-hmm. and i read these earlier and i hate everyone that is part of these stories but i also love them mm-hmm. number one during an Edinburgh Fringe run, I got pied in the face every night. But one night, they switched the pie from a cream pie to an apple pie. I'm allergic to apples, and my face started swelling the moment it touched me. The show had to be stopped early that night.
1: Oh, that's, that's below the belt now. <laughs> it's true. I hope
0: it's true. Number two. One time during a Zoom tutorial in the middle of the pandemic, my drama school lecturer asked me if I'd been able to get any vaccinations. And for some reason I said, yep, I'm fully waxed. I meant to say vaxed. <laughs> Number three, my never lived down moment is when I had an entire show stopped because I kicked my cast member in the face whilst wearing roller skates and gave him a concussion.
1: Whoa, oh dear, no. Oh dear. I don't... Uh...
0: The, the waxed one. I kind one of is hope true. that
1: that's true because that, I mean, for yeah. slapstick comedy effect, I'd yeah. love to see
0: that. See, I feel like they could all be true. I hope it the apple pie one be. is fake because obviously we don't want no allergic reactions. Yeah, all allergies—they
1: suck. Um,
0: the waxed one, hundred percent true. It's got to be. The amount yeah, of times easily. I, easily I've said. never said this before, I called a guest mum once on this podcast. Did you? And it was a man. <laughs>
1: That's the best part of that story like
0: like we all say shit that we shouldn't say at some points and we all say i don't know i'm gonna go for number one you don't have to follow me though. so
1: i'm voting now for the one i think is true
0: or the false. fake one so whatever one we think one. is dead mm-hmm. shy.
1: yeah I, I would i'm gonna stick with one as well
0: yeah i just feel like
1: and also yeah. apple pies. I don't know if you, if it's like a McDonald's apple pie, they're very very hot. They are oh, burn your mouth. Love
0: massive. McDonald's you know, apple pies. Well, they said a cream pie, so I'm guessing it's like a... Oh, looked at you know, the pie. Lot. and I thought They's, it was an apple cream. No, it was a cream pie, but they apple switched cream. it to an apple pie on one night, and they were allergic to apple.
1: apple pie to the face—that's just that's poor. Yeah, for me.
0: I do feel like that's also like, what mm. pie should we shove in somebody? One with bits in. <laughs> yeah i feel like yeah. that's a bit shit <laughs> one where it's they
1: number have...
0: three
1: um what
0: oh. what the fuck so no roller skates i'm so glad the waxed one is true
1: yeah definitely i mean i'm sure i've probably said that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah fully waxed <laughs> a few times
1: yeah don't worry i've got it under control
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no i love the, that game so much it's my favorite yeah. thing ever If you have a story for stage right or stage shite, please click the link in the show notes below to submit your story anonymously. But a question that I ask everyone on the podcast is, if you could pick anyone in the world, but they have to be alive, to do a two-hander with in the West End, who would you pick?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Dead or Alive?
0: No, they have to be alive. We're putting it out into the world because I will say, somebody, it's still not come out yet. I texted them the other day and was like, Can I talk about this yet? And they were like, No, I did this. I asked somebody this question last summer. They said whoever they said. Three weeks later, they texted me saying, By the way, I've just booked a job with whoever they said. No. Mm.
1: Okay. So I, okay. So it definitely is alive. So then I've got a possibility of that yep. coming through. Okay. I'm going to put it out there. <sighs> okay. A two-hander. Okay, it's got to be Barbara Streisand then. Oh. I'm going big. I'm going I'm going the queen. Let's do it. Everything.
0: Babs, if you're listening.
1: Barbara, if you've I'm got... I'm so
0: sorry for calling, calling me Babs. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry for... That was so disrespectful. I should not have called you Babs. I'm very <laughs> sorry. It, that has no reflection on Kate. You I know, think please it's work not the first
1: time she's been called that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but
0: n- not by nobody like me. <laughs> I,
1: well, I think Barry Gibb would probably I think you've got Barry and Babs I think that's what yeah. they're called in the
0: industry oh, Possibly, yeah. I have to carry on my campaign of like a hundred and odd weeks now of Catherine Tate please do a two-hander with me in the West End or do you know what, just come on the podcast
1: Right, just do yeah, it, absolutely Catherine just, if you're listening like, Bags are fun
0: what, what are you doing with, with <laughs> and that's going on the poster <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing with your life, why can't you give me an hour do you know what, um, I know I love her but Catherine if you, Is do that you your to come number up,
1: one? yeah would it be Catherine
0: yeah she would make me look like a piece of shit and I'm fully at like peace with that like,
1: you're, you're well, in <laughs> that's like so you're into that
0: <laughs> like she would they would the reviews would be like Catherine Very Tate well. five stars boy looking lost on stage two and a half and I would be like well earned yeah
1: yeah like
0: could have been worse um no I love her she's one yeah, of my favorite actresses yeah, she'd
1: be a good one
0: yeah no mm-hmm. I'd like I love everything that she does because her TV mm-hmm. show that she just did this year got some quite shit reviews, and I was like, I loved it.
1: Really? Oh, yeah. I, I haven't watched that. I saw her on stage. I think the most impressed I've ever been by her is when she was opposite David Tennant. Oh, I remember the name? Did you see it? What yeah, was it? No, the, I didn't. You, but I, it's like a Shakespeare.
0: It? It, was, it was Shakespeare, and you I'm like a massive it, Shakespeare fan. Oh, uh, yeah. And like, if
1: their comedic timing was next level I was just I think I went in there expecting I knew it was going to be fantastic but like, it blew me away the two of them together are absolute dynamite it was fantastic it was one of the best Shakespeare's I've ever seen
0: uh, much ado about nothing yeah um yeah. that is the one show that I wish like I would pay whatever amount of money
1: yeah yeah I think so I think well I think I paid, I think they were quite, quite expensive at the time. I remember that, I remember that being. I uh,
0: would drop that. Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. It's, I think because they were known to have worked together before, they sort of, I think they're pals in general. Mm. I think it, there was chemistry there, but it's, it's so, it's in such comedic level, mm. it was just, it was fantastic. And the director, I forget the, who the director was, but it was just it a just come up masterpiece.
0: Sonia Friedman.
1: Oh, of course. All right. Sonia Friedman. Oh, as a director. Oh, Oh, well, it
0: might not be. It just says um, Catherine Tate played Beatrice to David Tennant's Benedict in Sonia Friedman's West End production of What to Do About Nothing. So that might be the producer. I don't know. Yeah, Uh, she's the
1: producer, yeah.
0: Like, one of my favourite Catherine Tate sketches is Lauren in the Shakespeare class where she's like, Amistad Bovareg. Bovareg is my face. I love it. It's like, it's top tier comedy so Catherine Tate I bloody love you please come on the podcast um do you have a worst audition story
1: oh I mean how long have you got left (laughs) on this podcast no I think yeah and oddly enough it happened it was it was for a film I can't remember the exact film but it was probably going back six seven years ago I'll always remember it because a friend of mine had gone in for it was a two romantic leads. And a friend of mine had gone in for the the part of the, the male part. Mm-hmm. And um, we were joking, laughing and joking. We'd known each other for years and we thought, oh, how, how cool, you know, how cool would it yeah. be to work together? But also how completely awkward would it be if we were just, you know, playing out these characters? because. You know, there was a lot of physicality involved and a lot of kissing. And of course, like as actors, you've got to step up to that. But we were just giggling in the instead of focusing and looking at our lines that we should have been doing before we went into an audition. We were just giggling and gassing about life. And uh, he came out and he just looked at me and just said, that is the worst audition I think I've ever done. And I went in and I said, wait for me outside and I'll come out. And then he said, okay so he waited and then I went in and I completely just fluffed my lines wasn't funny there was parts where I was supposed to be funny and it was just it was just terrible and I could just see that it was like eyes glazed over a producer looking at me going okay is no. this over yet is it yeah how how long do you have to stand here for you can just mm. go you know yeah. sort of." So, so I left and then we met each other outside and then literally within 10 minutes we both had a phone call to say could we go back later that afternoon it was very odd because then it was a new set of people in the room and they went, so we would love you to run these scenes together. And it was the romantic scene. And so we had to actually do the romantic scene. But we were so awkward because, number one, we thought we had done a terrible job in the first bit. And now on top of it, we then had to kiss one another. And it was just it was Mm -hmm. just an awful, awful experience. So, I mean, it's sort of it's sort of one of those you got to you got to live out because it's just it's just too awkward.
0: Mm Mine is fairly recent. I've told the story on the podcast, but I'll tell it again because it's been a while. So we, part of my uni module I was talking about earlier, we did lots of mock auditions. One was with Johnny McKnight, who is a very famous um, Scottish pantomime producer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we had
0: to sing. And I am terrified of singing. Like, makes me feel ill. I can't sing. I'm tone deaf. Like, but I was like, "Gonna put my big boy pants on today, and I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna like do it because there's not. I feel like it's better to just do it and be terrible than not do it at all.
1: Then, absolutely, yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like feel I might good.
0: get a little bit of respect for just big boy panting it and doing <laughs> yeah. it. But I was like, I'm gonna technically cheat and I'm gonna do a rap, Ooh. right? Ooh. And I was like, pantomime. What can I do? And I, I thought of Court of King Caraticus. What's that? The ladies of the harem of the court of King Karaticus. Oh just, wow.
1: Wow. And
0: I can talk quite fast. So I was like, I can do it. And there's a whole spiel where like you have to do the full sentence and it's like the witches, the boys, the and I was like, I can do this, right? So I, I did it.
1: You've made just made life harder for yourself, surely. It
0: was it was fine. But when it came to performing it in front of people, I bottled it and was just like, the ladies of the harem of the court of King mm-hmm. And it was just shit. And then I did a monologue and I'd I just done a monologue that I had in my back pocket. And then they turned around and went, okay, it's a children's pantomime that the singer of the song that you sang is a convicted sex offender. No. Why, why did you think that was appropriate? And I went, didn't think about that, not going to lie. And then <laughs> they went, and in your monologue, you started talking about taking ketamine. It's for a children's <laughs> pantomime. And do you know when you Killed just sit it. there and go, I've made all of the wrong choices? <laughs> I'm definitely not getting a job off this man, but it's gonna that be rude excellent. if I just stand up and leave.
1: That is absolutely excellent.
0: And it haunts me to this day that I didn't think about the fact that Rolf Harris was a convicted sex oh, offender. Wow. And he was wow. like, What would you have done if I'd have had children in the room for this audition? And you're in your monologue talking about taking care of him and having sex. And I was like. Mm. I'd have probably just picked another monologue from my yeah, back pocket.
1: Mm, mm, I'd mm, have mm. probably
0: just hit out with a Shakespeare that they wouldn't understand because I didn't have like a, a panto monologue in my back pocket, which is again a stupid mistake. Um, but yeah, that was her. The one
1: we've all done, let's be yeah.
0: honest.
1: I mean, sometimes when you get a brief, especially for musical theatre, when you're, they'll say an upbeat pop and rock song.
0: Going with Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: <laughs> well, that would have been, yeah, got, that's a good decision, actually. That's a good choice. Oh. Haven't thought about that one. But um, <laughs> I would, I remember picking, God, looking back, I'd pick some lame, lame songs. I mean, of all the songs, I am one of those people. If you ask me, I love music, I love singing, but if somebody asked me on the spot, what kind of song would you like to sing? If it was karaoke, like what song now? I could not make a decision. I Do you not
0: have like a fixed in karaoke song? I, no. No,
1: I need to you you
0: need to mine's no scrubs by TLC.
1: What that's fantastic.
0: Like, that is the song that I do when I get up to karaoke.
1: I would love to see that.
0: I wouldn't. I don't drink anymore, so it's never gonna happen ever again. (laughs) But like I'm I just I can't sing. I've got absolutely no rhythm. Like I know the song, so I don't need to look at the screen. I can flex that way, but it's just terrible.
1: I think it goes to show that you're pretty. That's pretty good. That if you don't like singing, but you have a karaoke song locked because in. Because if you're oh, on
0: a if you're on a night out, well, it, it doesn't really matter anymore because I don't drink, so I don't really go out on nights out anymore. Right. When I used to be like a heavy drinker and would be like binge drinking during my student days, mm-hmm. if you go to a karaoke bar, you're getting up and doing karaoke.
1: That's true. That's true. That's. And true. if yeah. I
0: do um, if I do a duet, I do Islands in the Stream, but I'm Dolly.
1: That's perfect. That's a good mm. one. That's a good. I mean, oh, Dolly, God bless her. Oh, in fact,
0: the way you said that, there, she sounded like she died, and I was like, if I, if I've not,
1: no, seen no, 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 she's still, she's still with us. Thank God. I was, was just thinking, thinking, do I want to change my, Dolly. I want to change my person? Mm, that's a tough call between Barbara Streisand and Dolly Parton. I don't know who I think is more oh. of a legend. Oh God, if somebody asked me to choose between those, I don't think I could do that. Mm.
0: We have a closing tradition on the podcast and I just have to say it again. I thought of this all by myself and thought it was a great idea and started to implement it and then listened to Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett and realised that he has the same closing tradition. So great minds think alike. I didn't steal it. like, and I I genuinely promise that Mm. I thought of it all by myself and then listened to his podcast. But it's a question from the previous guest to the next guest they don't know who they're asking it and they don't know who they're gonna be asked by so you'll ask a question in a minute as well and you don't know who it's for but the previous guest wants to know what scares you
1: oh oh oh, wow okay
0: I took it in a vein of industry so when When they said the question so what I tend to do is I normally answer the question when they answer it and Mm -hmm. I said that like not being good enough scares me like after doing five years of drama school mm. and then being released like being good enough to be a drama student but not good enough to be a professional actor
1: oh gosh I mean that's a that's a big one yeah I think I think I think we all have you don't
0: to. have to tell us about like the rising debt or anything <laughs> like, <laughs> the, pa- the industry panic related. Over
1: the cost of life living yeah um, yeah no that scares me on a daily basis. No, oh, no, but tell um, me about it um, okay. Scares me in the industry. I think it's got to be not being funny when you need to be funny. Um, I think there's a, there's an art to being funny with a script. Oh yeah. I, I, I love improvising and I think, I don't know, I don't know. I wouldn't want to say, I'm, I think I'm better at improvising in terms of comedy than, With a script, uh, it's almost like you just have to know those beats. You have to have the mind of the writer in there and know exactly where the beats are and and the funniness comes from. It's an Um, R. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, my, I think I've lived my greatest fear, which is going in and trying to be funny. And (laughs) nobody laughs and they just eyes glaze over and stare at you and go, nah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. no it's it's not good i've done a few of those where it's like i'm going to get a laugh at this i've got a pause at this line because i know that's going to get a laugh so we'll just take a look and then it's just dead silence and you just stood there like yeah moving on
1: Yeah, absolutely
0: um but what question would you like to ask the next guest where can everyone keep up to date with what you do because i couldn't find an instagram
1: Oh, really? Yeah, no, I am I'm on Instagram. Um, Maybe I just
0: know loads of Katie Griffiths.
1: What? Oh, I can't believe. What are you talking about? You speak to one more than one Katie Griffiths? Well,
0: like know. if I look cuz it's really awkward cuz I did search before yeah. and they're all and they're oh, all I've followed a, by people I know.
1: I've got a weird handle. So um, I I I did not have simplicity in mind when I created this, But it's just K A Y T and then Griff G R I F Am I
0: coming up, there we. Oh, you're even bloody verified. I should have found that.
1: I know. Well, that was the little blue tick there, I, I got. I've just early. followed you. I, I'm not very good at social media. <laughs> just for every anyone who's listening, I just so you know, don't expect regular feed because I'm. Oh, pretty rubbish.
0: Your, your Instagram is pretty good. I'm like yeah. looking.
1: Yeah, I no. had to up my game. You know,
0: you you go traveling quite a lot. You I go do, to hot tubs.
1: I go, yeah, I do. <laughs>
0: But all of it is down in the show notes below. Do you have like Twitter or anything like that? Are you the same? Are you the same username across all platforms?
1: No, I literally do Instagram and that's it. I'm I am the most boring person when it comes to having lots of different social media. I just, yeah, I just, I'm not very good at it. I'm genuinely not very good. I have to ask that all the time. I'm,
0: trying to get off of it it's quite toxic
1: i hear this and i hear lots of people are trying to remove themselves so maybe just having the one channel yeah 100
0: is- yeah. percent. it's addictive and i've yeah like i've figured out the other day i can't really remember a life without a phone or social media really yeah i'm 24 so like i think i got my first proper phone going into secondary school okay. I always had like a phone just in case i needed to phone my mum and dad but, yeah, yeah like, mm. like I lived none of my teenage years without a phone.
1: It feels we are a bit of a slave to the phone. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah,
1: I think our whole, our whole lives are in
0: there. Then I start an online podcast and kind of need to be on it 24-7. Of course,
1: cool, so you're really removing yourself.
0: Yeah, 100%. Think. I shall let you get back to normal life. The The sun's coming out a little bit, so I, I think I might text one of my friends and say, do you want to go for some food?
1: No, it's been really lovely. Really oh, cool. I've
0: had so much fun, but I will let you back to normal life now. Thank you so much.
1: Okay. Have a good day.
0: And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 101, completed. Thank you so much to Katie for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. If you're feeling extra generous, please go down and leave us a rating and a review. It's so important. It really helps independent podcasts in this massively oversaturated market. So please, not just for Drama School Dropout, but for any independent podcast that you listen to, please leave a rating and a review. It's so important. If you have a story for stage right or stage shy please go down to the show notes below and click the link to the google form and submit your story anonymously and remember that you can now become an official drama school dropout by signing up to our patreon using the link in the show notes below i'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode you know the drill every tuesday at 6 a.m have a great week stay safe i love you drama school
1: dropout graduation day for you drama school drop out from your whole course now try something new drama school drop